0: I want to share with you why because we need to know why we're passionate a passion that has no direction goes nowhere but a passion that has vision oh man we could do great and mighty things for the lord and so in john 15 13 the bible says greater love had no man than this but to lay down his life for his brethren Another verse says, No one has greater love nor stronger commitment than to lay down his own life for his friends. No one has greater love than to give up one's life for his friend. Let's pray. Lord, we just worship you. Send me a sign. It's all about you today. We want to worship you. You saved us for a purpose and for a cause. Help the O heart to understand the greatness that is within each and every one of us, God, so that we may apply the anointing, the calling, the giftings, and be an, an asset to this ministry, Lord. We worship you, and we thank you for this vision. In Jesus' name, amen. I just thank my husband. I thank the pastors here and their wives for allowing me to be your spiritual mother slash little sister, if you want me to call that. I'm a little younger than you guys, but I just thank you, thank God for serving here in the ministry because you're my you're my family. I thank God for these leaders that serve God with us, right beside us. And here in John fifteen thirteen, the Bible says that no greater love, no greater love has as a man than this, but to lay down his life for his brother, for her sister. Ever known someone who was willing to die for you? Maybe if you were in gangs, you knew somebody that had, was down with you, right? Maybe our mothers. I know as mamas, man, I'll, I'll get crazy for some, uh, with somebody if you mess with my kids. You know, I'm working on that side. I'm working out my salvation with fear and trembling. I'm in the process, like Aziza says, I have one more altar to go to. And so I'm working out that process where Yes, I, would, I believe I would lay down my life for my children. And, you know, when you think about laying down your life for that one you love, um, you know, it's easy for that one you love. But how about for that one you don't love? How about for that one that has given you hardships and trials? How about that one who has mocked you and made fun of you and put curses on you and spoke ugly towards you or maybe mistreated you? How many of us are willing to lay down our life for those people? It's easy to lay down our life for those that we love. But Jesus took it an extra step and said, I'm laying down my life for those who pierce me on the cross. Even when I wake up, I have four little children that are depending on me to take care of them. When I wake up, my life is not my own. And for those that have many children... You know your life does not belong to you when you have four kids or ser- several children. I wake up every morning with one of my kids s- staring at me while I'm asleep. When are you going to wake up? Mom, what are we doing today? Mom, I'm hungry. And some, it's, sometimes it's like at 6 in the morning. I like to sleep in when I can, 7, 8 in the morning. And I'll just sometimes get like, ah, Go away. Leave me alone. You know, but I realized, no, when I wake up, it's not about me anymore. It's about taking care of these kids. It's about feeding them, clothing them, doing their laundry, doing their homework with them, praying with them. When they're getting hit spiritually, I have to wake up in the middle of the night. We got to pray together. We got to anoint the rooms together. We got to put worship together. And so when I wake up on a daily basis, my life is no longer my own. To live for somebody else means becoming a slave, a bondservant. Living for somebody else sometimes seems easier to die for them. Sometimes people say, Lord, I'll die for you. I'll die for you. But I always hear, yeah, but will you live for them? I'll die for the cause. I'll die for victory outreach. I'll die for Jesus. Yeah, but will you live for the next year for Jesus? Will you live and obey the word of Jesus? Will you live and obey what God is telling us? Sometimes it seems easier to die than it is to live for God. But I'm letting us know today that there was a man that one day he was running the streets of Brooklyn. He was a young man. He was lost, he was bound. All his worry was for the next fix. All he cared about was the next fix and where he was gonna get it. And he would go running the streets, leaving his his parents in hardship, leaving his mom in the prayer, and crying out to God, believing for his salvation. And all he cared about was himself. He had no concern. No desire to care for anyone else but himself. And so the next thing that he only wanted was the fix that would make him feel well. But one one day what happened, what happened one day was that he encountered a Christian. He encountered a Holy Ghost filled man of God. And as he ministered to this young man, he began to tell him that there was a plan for his life, that God had chosen him, that God loved him, that he didn't have to be a drug addict anymore, that he didn't have to go running the streets of Brooklyn anymore, that he didn't have to go walking aimlessly and purposeless in his life anymore, but that Jesus Christ had a plan. And as this man began to hear it, he began to believe what this other man was telling him. He began to believe that God did love him. He began to receive the words of life over him. And as he began to receive this word, the The story of this man, he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He got instantly delivered from drug addiction. He got instantly delivered from heroin addiction. He got instantly delivered from the muck, from the worldly desires. And as this man began to get saved, he began to feel a burden. He began to go from church to church and see that there were no drug addicts being reached out to, that there were no gang members being reached out to. And as he began to see the void and the need, as he began to look out to the churches to see who was going to reach to these men and to these women of God, he realized that God was showing him the very purpose that he had for his life, that he reminded him. Him that once you were a drug addict, once you were lost, and now I have chosen you. Now I have put my spirit in you, and it is your duty. Sonny Argonzoni, I am calling you to go into the neighborhood. I am calling you to go to the inner cities and preach the gospel. And as Pastor Sonny, our founder, Pastor Sonny Argonzoni in 1967. He went into East L.A. and he began to reach out to the gang members. He began to reach out to the drug addicts. He began to tell them that you don't have to die a drug addict. You don't have to die a gang member. You don't have to die for a color. You don't have to die in hell. You don't have to die in your sin. But in Jesus Christ I want you to know that God has a plan for you. And so I'm telling you today that it was because of a man who had passion it was because of a man who had vision it was because of a man that was obedient that this ministry is what it is today but we're not done yet as this ministry began to expand because our scripture talks about expand yourself stretch yourself out let them stretch your tent curtains wide As the Ministry of Victory Outreach began to expand, there was a little, little town called Santa Paula. A lot of us don't know where it is. I didn't even know where it is. (laughs) Until I asked my husband, where is that? It's in Ventura County in Southern California. And they would go out there to Santa Paula and they would go evangelize and reach to the drug addicts out there. And one day, a skinny, skinny man looked very similar like our pastor, a very doped-out drug addict. Lost. A family, I believe, of nine children. All of them on drugs. All of them out there. Somebody was bold enough to reach this man. Tell him that Jesus loved him. He overdosed nine times on Heron. Nine times. He could have died. He could have been in hell right now. He could have been burning right now, and we wouldn't be here. But Somebody ministered to this drug addict. Somebody told this drug addict, hey, Jesus loves you. Somebody came out of themselves. Somebody took their embarrassment to the side and said, I'm not going to be embarrassed. Someone got a little bold and Holy Ghost filled and began to feel the compelling of the Holy Ghost. And they said, you know what, I'm going to go reach to that drug addict right there. I'm going to go tell that drug addict right there, Jesus loves him. I don't know who the person was. It doesn't even matter. It's the fact that this person was obedient to the very vision that God had given him. And as he reached this man of God, excuse me, this drug addict, he began to believe what this man of God was telling him. He began to believe that, yeah, you, you think Jesus loves me? Yeah, you think God has a plan for me? All right, let's see what you're talking about, you know? All right. And as he went into the home, God began to do work inside of his heart. This man began to get molded and shaped. He began to find his identity in Christ. He began to understand that he was never meant to be a drug addict. He began to understand that God knew him before he was even formed in his mother's womb. That God said he had plans to prosper this man. Plans for a hope and a future. And as this man began to fall in love with the word of God. As this man began to fall in love with the vision of Victory Outreach International. This man began to pray. He began to seek God. He began He began to seek the will of God over his life. He began to seek his wife, Josie Pineda. He began to catch the vision. And as the vision was being casted out, he began to feel the burden of God upon his life. And he began to feel the burden of Hayward over his heart. And even though he's never been here, even though he never walked on the streets of Hayward, God began to stir him up and tell him that, God, I have a plan for you that Steve and I need you to go to Tennyson Avenue. I need you to go to the Ramos area. I need you to go to South Garden. I need you to go to A Street and minister to the drug addict. I need you to go and minister to. say pioneer to work. Let me tell you, there was two other men that came here to Northern Cal at the same time. It was Pastor Ed Morales in San Jose, and it was Pastor Gilbert in San Francisco. And as these three men began to catch the vision, they ran with it and become, and they became one of the three first pastors of Victory Outreach in Northern California. And as they began to obey the call of God, as they began to answer the call of God over their life, Northern Cal was won over for Jesus. Jesus was being preached in Hayward, California. Jesus was being preached in San Francisco Mission Area. Jesus was being preached all over San Jose and King's story. Jesus was being preached but not just Jesus but the vision that Jesus was able to reach the drug addict. Jesus was able to reach the gang member. Jesus was able to reach the prostitute. Jesus was able to reach the hope. vision, letting you know that You would say that that's me caught to reach the down and outer. I wasn't ever a drug addict, but let me tell you, I loved my liquor. I loved tequila. I loved it so much I carried it in my car after work. I loved my tequila that when work was done on Fridays, I was drunk the whole weekend. I would go to work with a hangover. I was lost. I was drowning in my sin. I was in a domestic, violent relationship. I had had an abortion at the age of 17. I had been adopted at the age of five, and the enemy was telling me, you're nothing. You're no good. There's nothing here for you. You have no purpose. You're just gonna end up being a loser. Nobody's gonna love you. And these were the years of my youth. Rejection hit me. I tried to commit suicide. Because I believed the lies of Satan. Because I allowed the enemy to tell me what my worth was. But you know what happened at the age of 18 years old? I began to get tired of drinking my liquor. I began to get tired waking up not knowing what I did the day prior. I began to get tired of feeling the way of suicide. I began to get tired of hearing the voices telling me because I heard voices when I would get high. I would hear voices telling me I was no good and so in my last year my high school year because of ministry there was a woman her name is albina she was a drug addict a little mejita you would never know it she supported her drug addiction by her cooking she would sell tamales Her son was in the gangs of Las Vegas. His name is Armando. He's been here several times, and we're still believing for his salvation. But at 1997, they came into Victory Outreach. The Lord divinely touched Albina Barciega from her drug addiction. The Lord began to deliver Albina Barciega from her drug addiction. And the Lord began to heal her. The Lord began to restore her. The Lord began to put a purpose and a voice inside of her. And he began to tell her, go into the highways and the byways. Go into all the world and preach the gospel not just preaching but teaching them to obey my word And so what Albina did, as she came to my continuation school at the age of 17 years old, she came to my school, I got to know her, her son became my best friend, he's like my brother now, and she began to tell me about Jesus, when I would go to her house high and drunk, she would allow me to come into her home, not kicking me out, not condemning me, but embracing the alcoholic young woman, and she she would sit down with me and tell me, Mija, Jesus loves you. Jesus has a plan for you. Mija, you don't have to live in darkness. Mija, you don't have to be lost. And I would be drunk. Drunk! Some of us would feel like, you're disrespecting my home. Get out of here. But not her. She saw beyond my sin. She saw a young woman lost in need of some something that had substance, something that was more than religion, something that was more than a feel-good moment. And here, an ex-drug addict that was saved by Jesus through the ministry of Victory Outreach because of a man called Pastor Larry coming from Pastor Ed Morales, answer the call so from pastor red to pastor larry answering the call and reaching the drug addict reaching the down and outer he planted a church in oakland california and that's where albino barciega an ex-drug addict found jesus in victory outreach and as she got delivered an ex-drug addict was reaching an alcoholic and as i was invited to church as i was reached out to I didn't come to the church. She reached out to me. Her son reached out to me. Her son reached out to me. They didn't wait for me to walk into the doors of Victory Outreach. They reached out. Victory Outreach. Victory Outreach. Not in reach. Outreach. And as they ministered the gospel to me, then one day, In 1998 of May, I got tired. I was done. I was done getting slapped around. I was done getting beat up by my ex-boyfriend at that time. I was done talking to myself in the mirror when I was drunk, knowing that there was a purpose, but I didn't know how. I was done looking at religion because I grew up Jewish, and somehow I thought Judaism was going to fill my void, but I was really living in just religion. Somehow I was tired of the bottle. The tequila didn't look so good anymore. And I began to feel this emptiness. And when I felt this emptiness, the emptiness began to urge me. It began to pull me. And I called Albina. And I called her, and I said, Albina, you know that church you invited me to? You think I could come? You think it'd be okay? And she said, oh, Mia, of course. Yes, I'm going to come pick you up. Be ready at 830. We're going to go to church. That's how she talks, if you know her. I'll be there. I wasn't dressed up for church. I didn't come in a pretty little dress. I didn't come with my hair done. I came in some sweats, tennis shoes, looking like a little thug. I had my hair pulled back just in case somebody gave me attitude. I was going to beat them up in the church because <laughs> that's how my mind was. I came in the church, and I loved it. I didn't get saved that day, though. I went the next week because somebody reached out. They didn't wait for me to come in. They reached out. Meha, are you coming to church this Sunday? You got to be there. I know the Lord's going to speak to you. All right, I'll be there not looking for Jesus, just thought it was feeling good. I went into that, into that church that day, and I felt the power of God. I went into that church still miserable, still feeling an emptiness somehow, but excited to come to church for some reason. And I remember that day, I don't even remember the sermon, but I remember Pastor Larry said, if anybody feels God calling them out, If anybody feels the power of the Holy Spirit, if anybody is tired of being out there in their sin and they want something new in their life, I want you to come to this altar. And I responded. And I began to feel the power of the Holy Spirit touch me. And I went to the altar. I literally do not remember how I got down there, but I was there. And I remember I said, Lord, come into my heart And be the Lord of my life. And I just remember, I could see in the spirit chains being broken off my life. I could see in the spirit the bondages being loosed off of my life. And you know why that is? Because of a man of Pastor sinning. Because of a founder that has the heartbeat of God. Because of a founder and his wife Pastor Sonny and Sister Julie, listening and obeying the voice of God that we are here today. Because they listened and obeyed what God told them to do. There came many children birthed through them. There came a man of Pastor Steve and Sister Josie that felt the burden and came to Hayward, California. And answered the call. And they said yes. I will be passionate for Hayward, California. Yes, I will pay the price for people to live with me to receive Jesus in their life. Yes, I will take hits. I will take blows. I will go through hardship. I will take rejection. I will take mockery. I will take sacrifice. I will take living on a small, tiny budget to take care of my children. I will live in the will of God because I know that there are people in Hayward, California in need of Jesus Christ. And I know that a lot of you guys are here and your children of Pastor Steve Pineda and Joseph Pineda, your children from them, you know who they are. You know the kind of price they paid. You know that Pastor Steve had a choice, diapers or flyers, and guess what he chose, flyers, because he knew there was a greater cause. He knew and understood that there was something beyond him that he could not obtain for himself. But there was a city. There were drug addicts. There was prostitutes. There were gang members. There was molestation. There was abuse. There was rejected people that needed to hear the gospel. And as Pastor Steve and Sister Josie obeyed the call of God, they begin to birth their own children. They begin to get pregnant in the They begin to labor and disciple men and women of God. They begin to see the drug addict get saved. They begin to see the gang members set free. They begin to see the young woman that was alone and lost. They begin to see vision over their life and they begin to see not only no more drug addicts, no more gang members, but they begin to see pastors over their life. They begin to see evangelism over their life. They begin to see mission be sent down to the Philippines they begin to see these men of God as who they were supposed to be in Christ Jesus And as they saw that, they began to disciple and mentor and love on these people. They began to suffer for them. They began to pay the price for them. And because of them paying the price, because they were passionate for the call of God, we have a church in Santa Rosa, California, because they love God. We have a church in South Africa, Cape Town, because they love God. We have ministers on our board today, because are like, amen, there's no souls there. But it was because of a people, because of a man that laid down his life for his brethren. Pastor Stanley and Sister Julie, they started in a little church in East Los Angeles, East LA, reaching the homies. And as they reached the homies, they began to reach the drug addicts. And as they begin to reach the drug addicts, they begin to reach the prostitutes. And as they begin to reach the prostitutes, they begin to reach the down and outer. And as they begin to reach the down and outer, they started reaching out to the families. And as they begin to reach out to the families, the families started coming in and getting saved. The families began to see that God loved them, that God had a purpose for them. There was a vision that was brought out in 1967, and 50 plus years now, we still live this vision. We still have a cause. We still have a passion for the inner cities of this world. And so I t- tell you today, I ask you today, if you're asking, well, why do we do this? Why do we have victory outreach? One of the speakers, Raylene, she said it perfectly. Victory outreach is the gospel in action. If you don't know your word, then you wouldn't know that. But if you read your word, you'll know what the scripture says. In Matthew 28, 18 and 19, it says, Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to obey my commands. Jesus says, go to the highways and the byways and invite them to my banquet. Go to the highways and the byways of Victory Outreach. Go into the highways and the byways of Hayward, California, and invite them to church. Ever been to the highways and the byways? I've been to the highways and the byways, and it smells. It's dirty. It's scary. It's gross. But Jesus said, that's where I want you. That's where I want you to go reach the treasures. That's where I want you to go reach that drug addict. That's where I want you to go reach that gang member. This is why we do what we do, because it is the commission in action. V-O, we are a living vision. We live what the Bible says. Anybody tries to tell you we're a cult, the devil's a liar anybody tries to tell you that we're just another religious organization, the devil's a liar. We are a vision-driven ministry that has a cause and a purpose, that has a calling over this ministry, that we have a responsibility to live out this vision. This vision comes from God. This world needs this vision. I was just talking to the women about Persia, Iran today that there are drug addicts. There is an infestation of drug addicts and gang members in Iran, Persia, yes, where all these terrorists come from in the Middle East, where Muslim rules, but Jesus is saying, who will go to Iran? Who will go to Persia? Who will go to the Middle East and reach these drug addicts? Who will go to the Middle East and reach these gang members? And when they began to preach and talk about it, it was so heavy, because we were just talking about it in the car, and I was telling them my little info that I knew about Iran and the gang members, and all of a sudden, another pastor's wife got on the mic as she began to give us the As she began to talk about Iran. She began to talk about Persia, telling us that there are gang members. How can you imagine that? Gang members in Persia? Gang members in Iran today? It's the same place. What? Not over there? No way. Gang members with their turbans? But they are. Because the enemy... He has no prejudice. He is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's not just coming out of, off. he's not just coming after America. He's not just going after Europe. He's not just going after the Philippines. He's not just going after South Africa. But he's going out into the inner cities of the world. And he has a plan to kill, steal, and destroy. But Victory Outreach has been called by God. And we're asking, who will go with us? Who will answer the call of God with us? Who will go to Iran? Who will lay down their life for their enemy? Who will lay down their life for these gang members in Iran to hear the gospel? I believe that Victory Outreach will go there. Because we have a radical ministry. I believe that Victor Arvich is going to go to Russia. Because both my husband just yesterday, I believe it's divine. Somehow, way, I'm trusting the Lord. But somehow, way, my husband ran into a young man with a Russian name. I don't even know what his name was when he told me. But I ran into another woman named Nadia. And she was saying that she, she loved God, but they needed Jesus in her country russia ukraine all of that region as she i started telling her about the ministry i started telling her do you know anybody that needs the home do you know somebody that's on drugs and they need to come into the home and she says yes i know many give me your number i said here's my cell here's my church number and if you don't get a hold of me my church is down the street and knock on the door and we will answer And I believe that when I began to talk to her, I felt the power of God. She began to cry and weep with me when she found out that I loved the Lord. And I believe that somehow, some way, God is going to use that encounter for his glory. And so I'm telling you today (laughs) that there is a world that needs Jesus. But here as in Victory Outreach, look at your neighbor. Look at them. When was the last time you preached the gospel? When was the last time that you laid down your life, that you set aside your agenda? How many of us have been set free from drug addiction here? No, raise your hand. Just keep it up. How many of you guys have been delivered from alcoholism? How many of us were a Twilight treasure? Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. All of you. Drugs, alcohol, prostitution. How many of you guys were in gangs? Raise your hand up high. Raise your hand up high. How many of you guys were lost and suicidal? How many of you guys are here because of the ministry? Raise your hands. Look around and tell your neighbor you are a product of Victory Outreach International. But when have you reached the next evangelist? When have you reached out to the drug addict as you were an ex drug addict? You came from the streets. When was the last time you ministered in the streets? I was an alcoholic. Ex now. When was the last time I talked to an ex alcoholic? You were a gang member. When did you go back into your neighborhood and reach the gang member? Some of us were so happy. We've been set free. We're good now. We look good. And like Sister Georgina, you've got a syndrome called normal life. And you've allowed the enemy to get you comfortable. You've allowed the enemy to tell you, you're dignified now. Chill. Chill. You don't have to tell people about your testimony anymore. What is your boss gonna think? What are your neighbors gonna think about you when they find out that you were a prostitute at one time? What is is that family gonna say about you? No! 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 We were once lost and bound. We were once lost in darkness. That doesn't mean that we shut our mouths once Jesus saves us. That doesn't mean that once God cleanses us, God picks us up. God does a work in our life. He turns us around Step on. Great job, Pastor Matt. Great job, Brother Frank. Great job, Sister Irene. Great job, Sister Chella. Would he be able to say that? Would a man who laid down his life for the city of Hayward, would he be able to tell us, you're doing the, you're doing the vision. You're fulfilling the call I saw over your life many years ago. Would he be able to say that? I hope he would. But I know some of us aren't answering that call. Some of us have gotten comfortable. We've gotten a little too dignified. We, we don't feel the need to dance at the altar anymore because that's for the young people. Well, let me tell you, I'm about to be 40 years old, and guess what? I'm still dancing at the altar. So don't think uh, I'm, too, I'm too old to worship the Lord now. I'm going to stay hopefully by the, when I'm 80, 90 years, I'm going to be at the altar. And if I have to be undignified, so let it be. King David did the same thing. And so I'm sharing with you this vision through Pastor Sunny, our beautiful founders, over 50 years ago founded this ministry. And they continue to stay passionate. They continue to go all over the world, from South Africa to Panama to Europe to Mexico, all over our country, all over Europe. They continue to answer the call. And so I say today, Victory Outreach Heart, that if you've been sitting on your gifts, if you know your call to this ministry, if you know that God has placed a calling over your life, I'm asking you today that you would get out of your normal life syndrome I'm asking you today that you will begin to get out of your comfort zone I'm asking you today that you will begin to let the complexes go I'm asking you today that you would begin to use those insecurities for the glory of God I'm asking you today that you would answer the very call of God that when you came in here into the doors of victory outreach and when God placed a calling over your life and at one time maybe you were functioning in it but Maybe something happened to you. Maybe you got hurt. Maybe you got wounded. Maybe you got offended. I'm asking you today that you will begin to lay down your life once again. That you will begin to rise up and answer the call of God. That you will begin to open your mouth and begin to preach the gospel once again. That you will go back into the inner court. That you will go back into the presence of God. That you will begin to make a commitment to God once again. And answer the call. How many of us will answer the call today? There is a city here in Victory Outreach, Hayward. There are 175 plus thousand people here in Hayward, California alone that still need to hear the gospel. There are many drug addicts, many gang members here in just Hayward, California that haven't heard the gospel because we haven't spoken it. And so I plead with you that in these next days to come, Easter is not a Sunday where we get our pretty little dress and we get our hair done and we have our little suits and we take our little selfies. That's not what Easter is about. It's about getting a flyer. It's about reminding people about the resurrection of Jesus. It's about reminding them that Jesus loves them. It's about going into the neighborhoods and telling the down and outer that God loves them. And so I say today, let this next week, let this next week, let these next couple of days be your vision, be your mission, be the purpose of why we do what we do. And that is to reach and preach the gospel, but not just to anybody, to the drug addict, to the gang member, to the suicidal one, to the gay, homo, to the homosexual to the young girl who's lusting and promiscuous and down and out the one who's walking in darkness and is you know worshiping other things other than Jesus those are the people if they're in your neighborhood those are the people we reach if they live next door to you those are the people you reach if you're working side by side with them in your cubicle that's the person to reach that we would open up our mouths and reach and preach the gospel in Acts 1.8 as I close. But you shall receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me and Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This vision has been preached in East this vision has been preached in Mexico. This vision has been preached in Europe. And now this vision is preached all over the world. And I'm letting you know, Hayward, California, Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay, you and I, we have a calling over this church. We have an international calling to back up this vision. We have an international calling to supply the leaders that when the ministry says, I need leaders, that we would rise up and say, I've got a leader for you. I've got a word for you i've got an evangelist for you i want to send pillars to help in that church in panama i have people ready to go into johannesburg and preach the gospel over there that we would rise up as heart of the bay and answer that international call understand we're not just a local ministry we're not just a little mom and pop church we're part of a great vision we're part of a great ministry we have a purpose You have a purpose. If nobody has ever told you, I'm letting you know today. If nobody ever has told you, if no man has ever told you, if no woman has ever told you, I'm telling you today, I want to confirm the voice of God in your life, that God has a plan for your life, that God has a purpose for your life, that God put greatness inside of you, that God has put destiny in you. And so I say today that as you heard my voice, because it's God speaking through me I want you to know that you can get out of your seat now you can wake up you can wake up you can wake up tomorrow morning and you can begin to preach you can begin to go to work and share the gospel and so as you stand up understand where we come from if you don't know the vision I shared a little bit today with you but if you want to know a little bit more